What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode, is it, is, I think, 15 uh, of the Run Happy Podcast. Today, we're here with Braden Methvin, uh, one of our teammates on Mississippi College. Uh, Braden, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing just fine. Pretty good, man. Excited to chat to you a little bit more than I already have today. So, yeah, let's get into it. So, yeah, why don't you start us off by um, just kind of talking about your journey and like how you got into running and yeah, go from tell, there. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's see. I got into running whenever I was in middle school, I think sixth grade. My school had just started their cross country team. I went to a super small school and yeah, I was not good. I definitely, definitely was not the best on the team. I would get beat by guys and I got pretty upset about that because I was a very competitive little kid. Eventually, I moved on to high school and I moved to a different high school than all my friends and everybody else. And so in order for me to make new friends and for me to try to fit in in a in a bigger school with a lot of people that I didn't know, my parents uh, told me to keep doing cross country and try to make friends with that. And then my eighth grade season, I worked all through the summer and around September I like made a pretty decent jump and then I was enough to get me on the varsity team for my team at that point and after that I was like oh I'm kind of good at this thing I feel like the man and then so I just I kept with it for for four for the rest of my high school journey and then um yeah I've it was seriously awesome like uh just growing with all of my teammates and pretty much pretty much learning how to navigate like being dedicated to something for a long period of time and then came to mississippi college uh junior now and we are we're still figuring things out but it's been a lot of fun yeah dude that's awesome i mean i mean it sounds like a cool journey starting i ask a lot of people this question just because you know i I, i'm curious and like you know i I struggle with it myself or not struggle with it, but like I asked myself the same question, like running is really hard. And so like, I wonder why a lot of people specifically chose running and like, instead of something else. So like, you know, kind of like walk us through that. Like what, what was it that stuck, stuck out to you about running instead of like, you know, doing another sport? Yeah, for sure. Um, the biggest thing was like, especially at that point in my life, like I came, came from like a smaller town and like, not everybody is a very avid runner. So whenever I quote unquote got good my eighth grade year, it was just like, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm good at it. But then, then, you know, that eventually burns out. But what kept me around was it was the friends that I made because of it. Um, it was, it was the type of people that I was around. Um, I really do think that runners are a they're a special breed because like you have to be you have to have some extraordinary willpower or gift to do what we do sometimes and and like not not everybody can do that and i think that's something to be acknowledged and like i didn't want to go away from people that i knew like had that drive and wanted to get better as much as i did that's I mean, that's really cool, actually. Like, that's a that's a really good way to put it. And I, I can definitely agree with what you said at first with like, you know, whenever like I 
like got good at running it's like like and i came from like a an area where that didn't you know prioritize running as much so i was like oh my gosh i'm really good at this but in that sense it's just like i mean there's no one around us running uh so it was just like you know it was kind of like i'm really good at this in my area because you know no one else tried it uh but yeah like so whenever you were in high school like what what do you think helped you get to that point where you were like i want to run in college like i'm good enough to run in college like what what got you there um honestly my my high school coach he was a younger coach and he he ran uh for about a year at the hometown college that we have and uh he by my sophomore year i was i was starting to like really get in the training really get dedicated and and i kept making jumps and eventually he sat me down and it was like hey this is an option for you you do you can do this if you want if you can if you want to keep working by that point um i had two guys that graduated four and two years ahead of me and they had both signed on uh to colleges in louisiana and they wanted to and like they wanted to continue their running career in college and i was like yeah i think i want to keep following them like follow them in their footsteps and to do that so yeah that's awesome i mean yeah i i remember making that decision as well just kind of like oh maybe you know maybe i am good enough to do this i'm like i remember sitting down with my dad and he was kind of like i i think you are like i'm looking around so like yeah that's always a a cool thing to come to the realization was and that was like nice of your coach to you know actually sit down and have that conversation with you um obviously you have you've been coaching for a little bit now you've got a little company going on called Illumin- illuminate that baxter is also a part of and you know so what what was it that brought you to coaching so again my coach my high school coach was a big part of my life um and i just saw like the impact that he had both like coaching us through practice and also also like helping helping me and my friends with some things off the track that were super deep and personal and they matter a lot of a lot to us and i just saw the impact that you could have with that and being able to guide kids that wouldn't even know that they had a gift one and two like wouldn't know how to capitalize on that gift and make friends make connections um and i just decided i want to do that too um yeah i we started illuminate baxter was there from the beginning it all started with uh i guess technically three three kids that i knew from my area that were super super dedicated um their coaching their coaching was was good it's just i just felt like i might have been able to offer them more in that moment and i knew how i saw how hard that they were working and i knew how blessed i was to have a coach that knew what he was doing and i didn't want to see them suffer and like their running suffer because they didn't have the same opportunity I did. So yeah, we started, we started Illuminate. Uh, we are officially a year into the process. Um, there's definitely been some highs and lows. Um, we, we've grown a good bit from those three kids that I've originally coached. Um, Baxter, actually, uh, one of his athletes just came in top 10. Yeah. She got fifth. She got fifth. She got fifth place today at state. So yeah. Um, how did I mean how did your athletes do today? They I will say that they they did well. I got I got a few texts from people in the 
at the state meet and they were they were saying ah oh, conditions weren't the best it's cold and everything else like that but like statistic statistically speaking most of the athletes that i that i coached like they they either placed where they were projected to finish or they finished better so i mean you can't ask for anything more than that yeah i mean that's i completely agree with that and like another thing that uh, i know we have to deal as like coaches um like is you know helping them mentally and like how do you like what do you tell your athletes or what do you even tell yourself whenever you run um like how to overcome like all that hurt whenever you run yeah um first first off um the best the best thing that i have been taught in college is make a game plan and then and then stick to it the best that you can and and again like whenever you have a plan to focus on whenever you have a tangible goal goal to actually fixate on i find that people and including myself end up doing better than what they would have if it was just all right i'm going to get on the line and i'm just going to run as hard as i can or oh i'm just going to go out with this with this person and just hang on until i can't cuz i mean when you rely on like external things and when you rely on a carrot being put in front of your face in order for you to do well like sometimes sometimes there is no carrot and sometimes it just sucks and you're like oh why am i doing this i'm not going to pr or i'm not or i'm not going to beat this person but sometimes it's just like you just have to give yourself a small win in that moment of time and it's like even if that small win is literally just i did not give up i did not go into the fog and just retreat into the hurt yeah absolutely and i think that's something i've learned more and more in college is like especially this year i remember like coach Renneker coming up to me before the 5k and was just like listen i know you've kind of had a strange relationship with racing this year so like let's just take like let's just take the smallest wins we can like you can run half of that race at race pace that's a win right there and like so something like that so being able to break up you know goals like that is i think such a huge part and helps people's mentalities by like not looking at it as like a black and white like pass fail kind of mm -hmm. stipulation but yeah so is that like mental do you guys work with your athletes like on mental stuff a good amount yeah absolutely um and again, a lot of a lot of the kids, a good probably sixty to seventy percent of the kids of the kids that run, they they like numbers, they like plans, they like to think and and ration thing ration things out, rationalize things out. Um and which is fantastic. I mean, you need to be a little OCD as a runner. Like you do. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're not, then you get swept up into into uh that those external factors that we were talking about earlier and and yeah it's almost it's almost kind of like helping them figure out how to not get in their own way more than anything and like there's no there's no zippy mental tricks that you can have and it's it is literally just um letting letting your mind get out of the way of what your body can actually do right and like for a lot of people that is that's letting go of the control that they think they have and actually focusing on what they truly can control, which is themselves and themselves only. Yeah. Is that, and that's something that you put to use all the time. Oh, absolutely. No, when I, whenever I came into MC, like I, 
definitely had something to prove. Um, my my uh, classmates, whenever we came in, my freshman year, I was uh, unaffectionately named the fearless freshman because every chance that I got, I would just, I would just go with the top guys and I would just put my soul on the line just to just to run with them and be like, I can do this. Watch me do it, which is fine because at the, at the heart of at the heart of our sport is being more determined and just showing how much tougher you are than the person next to you, because that's what gets you across the line faster. But whenever you do that so often and all you and your whole success in a workout is oh, did I run with the top group or, oh, did I beat everybody else in my class? And, oh, did I, did I just blow my splits out of the water? When that doesn't happen, that is, that that's whenever you start getting in your own way, really. And yeah, just relinquishing control of like, yeah, I can't, I can't, it, not every day has to be a dog fight for me to consider it a success. Like there are some days where, Honestly, some days where getting it done is probably the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think you learn that more and more as you go through. I know I've been guilty of that a couple of times. Uh, For sure. sure. I think that's just part of being a freshman, too, is just learning how to do workouts correctly. It absolutely is. And I mean, I mean, and Charlie, like I'll hand it to you. Like, like there are not many people that I've that I've met that have the ability to just lay it on the line like you do. Like, it's honestly a gift. And I, and I do not mean that in a joke, in a joking way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like y'all said, it's just something that every runner has to learn at some point. Cause whenever you start getting to the big boy training, you start to realize, oh, if I go too hard on this one day, I won't be able to, to put a good workout together for the next week. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. But yes, absolutely. Um, is that, is it, have you started to realize that more and more this year? Because uh, for the people that don't know, Braden is in the middle of uh, one of the best years, if not the best year of running he's ever had, and it it looks very good on race day. So, like, how what you know what have you been able to implement to you know kind of find success this season? Yeah, um, and like I said, it was a, a large part of my growth as a runner was learning how to actually harness how competitive I actually was. Um, and, and just learning, learning that there is a time to be competitive and that is on race day. And, and part of that, part of that being competitive is pretty much whenever you don't have anything to prove, like you, you can be stupid sometimes and it might just actually pay off. And I've, I've just been lucky and fortunate enough that between being, being with my teammates all summer, training with them all summer, getting a lot fitter than what I have ever been. Like I'm taking chances and it's working out for me. It doesn't always work out. Like there was actually our first cross country meet this year at the, at the nationals course. Yeah. That, that was one of the times it did not work out. <laughs> I, uh, I, I went out with the top group, which included, uh, a, a national champion and about probably about seven all Americans. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to re- stay here until I die. And then, I mean, and and at that point I was just working on, on like, yeah, if I can, if I can get to, to two miles and be with the top group, I will consider that a success. 
I don't care if I, I don't care if I jog six flat miles after that, I will still consider it success. And usually when I do that, I still do, I still end up running faster miles than six flat. I, I, I end up having a pretty good race, but that was one of the times where, wow, yeah, I actually had to follow through with what I said. It's like, I could be mad that I went out with the top group and then just fell off hard and probably had like one of the toughest races of my college career. But I tried something new. I tried to take a chance and it just didn't work out. I told myself that would be a success. So I kind of had to suck up my pride a little bit that day. I mean, that's that is fair. Like uh, <clears throat> that that same race, I uh, I was told to, you know, go out with my pack and then like get to get to 5K. And then once you get to 5k, just like figure it out, you know, deal with it. It's just, it's anyway, like, it's like, we're going to work together until 5k. And then after that, it's like, you're on your own, basically. Like, if Mm -hmm. you want to go, go, if you're going to die, that's like the time to die. And I did die. Uh, (laughs) And it was just like, okay, make it through, make it through. And like, in my mind, uh, like I, because going, getting to 5k was a lot harder than I had, I guess, remembered, maybe not remembered, but just like had intended it to be because we went out pretty like fastest than i'd ever gone um and so like my form fell apart you know like i started becoming weak in the mind like in the moment and uh i mean i I've, i'm figuring that out now but like what is something that helps you like stay in the moment running or like helps you remember you know keep keep my form good or like you know is there any tricks that you have like racing in the moment yeah um yeah pretty much whenever i get to those those moments of like oh i'm about to fall off um, I usually have a plan and that is, okay, well, time to sacrifice the last half of this race to try to make this part a good one. And, and sometimes like that doesn't work and I fall off. But then after that, I'm like, like, it's okay. Just cause they're, they're pulling away from me. Doesn't mean I'm having a bad race. And so like the two things that I like to focus on is like, as long as I keep my, my head facing forward, instead of like looking down at the ground, cause whenever I look at the, look down at the ground, I'm either like so far in the hurt locker that you would not believe or i've given up on myself so i just tell myself as long as i keep looking forward and make sure like make sure that my stride is like still still long and flowing and stuff like that i mean i just i've I've pretty much just learned to ride that out until until the line even if it looks like i'm a shooting star in the night slowly slowly fizzling out (laughs) yeah i mean we've seen it this year you've been able to i mean i've noticed in the last couple of races especially you've you get solo about i don't know six seven k in or if it's an 8k like 5k something like that you you you're a very good solo runner and which is which is very hard to do because if you've ever run a long run or a workout by yourself you notice how hard it is to run without people so like you know how do you like obviously i know you just talked about it a little bit but like without without people like around you in these races how like how do you switch your mind from like, oh, I hope I don't get caught to kind of like, oh, I like I want to catch people. Um, I mean, I mean, part of that is probably because I am I am very much I'm an ADHD person in life. And in my running, I am OCD mm-hmm. about things. So like I literally just focus on just literally just one thing. And I'm and I'm like, oh, I can do one thing until I get to the line. And and like I said, it was it was that keep looking forward so that way I don't look like a miserable human being when I'm racing and making sure that my that my stride is long and 
because that is something that I that I have to do. Because if my if I look down, I know one, I'm going to be more likely to be defeated. And two, it makes my form close up and I start looking like a marathon shuffler. <laughs> well, I mean, you are more of a long distance person anyways. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I mean, that def- definitely uh, showed at the regionals meet this this past. What was it last? It wasn't last week, was it? It was yeah, two weeks, or two weekends weeks, ago, two weekends ago. Um, and dude, you like popped off. You got fifth place. Yeah, right? dude. Okay. So take us through that race. Cause that was, that's a very successful race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess a little bit of background on, on that was, uh, at our conference meet that was, you know, after, after our first meet this season, um, I wanted to play, play it a little bit more safe and maybe not even lick my wounds, but like gather some confidence back. Cause that was, that was a shot for me. Um, so yeah, throughout the season, I just been, it's like slowly just wanting to get one more thing right than what I got at, at Missouri Southern, the first meet of the year. Um, and then by the time conference rolled around, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to try this again. Cause I know this is, I have a, I have a group of people to beat and I know for a fact that they are all too scared to do what I'm about to do. (laughs) And, uh, and it, it worked out at conference. I I went out with the top pack. Um, I actually PR'd through the 5K in that 8K. Wow. Wait, what did um, you run the 5K in? 1453. And my yeah. PR on the track is 1454. <laughs> wow. That's very impressive. Thank you. And uh, but but like after that, like and it it had worked, like I'm I got dropped after 5K, but but I just like held on for dear life for three more K and then ran the fastest eight K in my life. So I was just like, okay, I just gotta, I just gotta replicate that again. And I almost fell into a trap of like, Oh, I just gotta do, I just gotta do that again. And my mindset was, Oh, I'm just going to hold on for dear life until I fall off and then whatever. But something that our our coach said, I don't know if he meant to say it or not, but it just kind of reminded me that, that no, my mindset is not, is not try try to hold on for dear life and then whenever I don't whatever it is I'm going to be up here and I'm going to try to beat these people and I mean to beat people you need to be with them right and so and so that, that was my entire rationale for the for the regionals meet um two guys I was racing against they're probably going to be all Americans this year and I knew that but I was like I don't care I'm I'm, I'm just gonna try to beat you and then. Didn't work out this time, but like I did, I did something, I did something right, and it paid off for me at the end. Heck yeah! I mean, you is that is that a ten k PR for you? Oh, it it absolutely was. Technically, it was nine point eight k, but if you if you kind of convert it, it right. comes up to about thirty fifty five. Seriously? Oh my gosh! Is that how much of a PR is that for you? Uh, let's see. I think at the national meet last year, I ran thirty one forty four. And that was by far the best race of my life. So it's about 50 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nice. That's really nice. I remember that race from last year and it was very, it was very impressive. And so, yeah. wow, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Do you think that um, this year going into nationals, cause we were literally like less than a week away. Um, what are you thinking about doing at nationals? Is, or should we even talk about this? Do we want to jinx it? No, I mean, I mean, look, like, like I like I like saying it cause it, it's going to hold me accountable. Um, yeah. Like, so it's kind of like I was saying earlier, like, like it's time, like I, I work well with 
playing risk whenever I have nothing to lose. And, and honestly, like the whole goal for us, because we've, we've had a, a pretty tough season on the team. We had a few guys get hurt and that really hurt our chances. And then we had a bunch of, we had a bunch of sophomores that stepped up, stepped up to the plate. And we were like, okay, we're just going to, we are going to take what we got and we are going to show them this is what it is like. This is what nationals is like. So that way we can keep moving forward with it. And yeah, I pretty, pretty much, I guess, falling off of that philosophy of, all right, guys, this is how you do it because we have nothing to lose. Um, my plan is to run from the start and just go to the front of the national meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, eh, what do I got to lose? I mean, like at worst, it's going to just be a 60 for the first 400. <laughs> At the worst, it's just gonna be a sixty. At the worst, it's like very, it's a very casual sixty. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 don't make no mistake. It's gonna be a very honest sixty. <laughs> but, yes. but um, no, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know what is what is calling me to do that. But I know, I know that's where um, Jan Lucas Becker is gonna be. So, and I'm, I have done well like following him to where he to where he knows that he needs to be and then using that to kind of gauge gauge where I should be as well and I know for a fact that he is going to be ambitious and going to go out with the front because that's where he belongs and I'm like all right well I I think I belong there too yeah and I love that confidence because like I mean that is needed to do like to go as fast and to push the limits like what you're doing right now and I think that that is something that uh, uh, a lot of people can can work on and learn how to do because I, I've said this multiple times uh, at the podcast or on the podcast is there's a very fine line between pride, confidence, and then just being like scared mm-hmm. and finding where that confidence is, is like, I mean, it's just, it's a hard thing to do. So like, how, how have you found confidence rather than being like, like, oh, I, I can do this. Like I'm like all too good for everyone else like i i can and like rather than just being like i know i can do this and just going out and doing it yeah uh it's de- it's a multifaceted answer um i think at the at the heart of it like i'm right now at a point at a point in my athletic career where i have been in that hole where i'm just i'm not confident and that is showing in my racing and i've i've gotten out of that hole and things have gone well for me and so that's why i know i can I can try to try to be more confident, try to take more chances and stuff like that. Um, because like I've been in that hole and I have gotten out of it, I think. Um, but then also it's like, it's like, kind of like you said, like you don't like the line is very thin between all three of those. And so it's like my, my philosophy is kind of, why not just keep a little, a little bit of all three. Right. So it's like, like, I think it's okay to be scared sometimes. I really do. Cause like fear, fear, fear can stop you from doing stupid things sometimes. And, but the problem becomes that whenever, whenever you're too scared to move, you're too scared to do anything. Um, so like I always, like I told myself, I think before regionals, I was like, I was like, I'm ready to go. We're at optimal level of stress. I'm a little scared, but that's going to stop me from doing something dumb. But I know that I can do this. And uh, yeah, I think I think more than anything, 
it is it is very much just like why why do i not do this almost playing a little bit of reverse psychology with myself and i i like i have not found a reason not to yet just pushing the limits really like you like why not do this and it's like because yeah well i don't even know why i don't know never mind sorry (laughs) (laughs) why not do that it's like yeah well just why not like there's nothing like you haven't found anything bad at the end of that why not yeah like i i have found i have found no reason that that is like oh oh no i'm not hurt i'm i don't have anything wrong with me i am a man without an alibi so why do i not do it like that i like that a lot yeah i mean i want to talk about one thing with the because of the injuries we've had this year you've kind of been thrust into like you know a spot on the team where you need to be just a consistent number two and like behind Jan, and like obviously that probably at the beginning of the year wasn't one of your expectations. I'm sure you thought maybe with Brock and Christian, you know, um, you guys might switch off and there might be a pack there. Like I didn't know how you thought it might work out. Yeah. But obviously now you're you you just got thrust into a point where it's like okay, we need you week in week out. And so, you know, was that something that you dealt with um this season? And if so, like how like how how'd you get through that? Yeah, I think I think it speaks to to the culture of our team. We are built we are built on the shoulders of people who have come before us and have chosen to chosen to do the right things. And pretty much whenever whenever Brock and Christian got hurt and we knew that they weren't coming back, that's that's whenever I knew I was like I was like, okay, I I need to do my job. I need to do my job for the sake of those who've come before me, for the sake of those who are with me right now and then for the sake of those who will come after me because because no one no one will want to hear the story of a guy who who when the time when the time came he he didn't at least try to give it everything he had this is very well said That's, yeah and so like i mean with that comes a ton of pressure and like like because like i mean that yeah, you you saying that like the story because I've thought about that. It's like no one wants to hear about a sad story about a runner that was handed pressure and then just fumbled it. Like, how do you handle that pressure? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've I've dealt with the pressure um in different ways. If you asked me, if you asked me two years ago, I would have, I would have said, oh, I'm I'm not dealing with the pressure, right? Like I'm, I'm I'm a fearless freshman and and it's paying off, but I'm. I'm getting molly whopped in races and stuff like that. And then, then last year, if you asked me, I'd, I would have said, I think I'm just going to keep focusing on my own little world and keep doing what I know that I can do. Because, because again, like, like I said earlier, like I've been in that place where I've had no confidence and then I, I have gotten out, out of that hole and things have started going well for me. So now I can take this chance. Freshman year was, was where I was in the hole. Last year was was me getting out of the hole and figuring things out and being like, like, okay, like I can like I can do this. I can focus on my own little world and take my own little wins. And then now I'm like, like, I know I can take my own wins. Like, I know that 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 is something that I can do now. It is just a matter of how does that measure up? And. Again, pretty much it's just it's just I. I know I have people counting on me. I I have put a lot of belief in myself and I mean 
I have a lot of other people that believe in me. So like, why can't I do that? Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, yeah, people either crack or thrive under pressure. And it looks like with that, with that mentality, it, like, you know, you're setting yourself up to thrive, um, which is awesome. And uh, something that people can definitely take from this. Um, I think one thing we can talk about though, last year, obviously you redshirted um, like indoor and outdoor track because of an injury. Yeah. And so like, you know, what was that process like? And, you know, how'd you deal with um, injury and like, the thought of red shirting, you know, what, what did that do for you? Yeah, I will, I will say, um, I guess the process wasn't it like, it wasn't as dramatic. It wasn't like, it didn't have much flair to it. Um, yeah, I had went to nationals last year for cross country, did well there, felt like I was figuring a few things out. Um, and then we got to, then we got to winter training and I was, and then like, it was going well. And then the problem the problem came about whenever like at the national meet i twisted my ankle pretty bad and kind of like rehashed an old injury and then because of that i i knew something was wrong but i waited a little too late to say something about it because of that it it took me out for about 2 to 3 weeks and and again it like that in itself like that's not that much time off but i already knew also that i needed the fifth year for school because i changed i changed majors so late <laughs> Cause I was a dumb dumb who did not want to follow what I thought was best for myself, and I was just like, "No, I want money." But uh, yeah, so 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 the opportunity for a fifth year arose whenever I asked for for it for from Coach Reniker, and then and then after that, I was just like, "All right, pressure's off. I just got to get healthy. I just gotta I just gotta get back to where I was, and then." maybe even start prepping myself for next cross country season and set myself up for success. Um, you did that pretty well. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. But no, I, I will say probably the, the red shirt year was one of the best things for me because it took so much pressure off that I haven't, I honestly haven't had that in college. Um, and I got to just, I got to just train and I got to figure things out and I got to take, take more chances in training because I was like, I was like, yeah, I like I'm like I'm okay now. My injury is healed. I'm not going to hurt myself again. So it's like, why not get as fit as I can be? So I up I upped my mileage. I I started uh doing like running with people that are that have gifts that other than I have. So like I I can go for a long time, but it takes me a second to get going fast. And I was I was trying to work out with guys that had more of those 800 backgrounds, more of those 1500 backgrounds. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to keep working on what I'm good at, but I'm also going to work at work on something that I'm not good at. And the red shirt year was a good time for me to do that. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Braden did that pretty well. It went on to run the equivalent of about a four ten mile yeah. uh, <laughs> as a 10 K shuffle guy. So, you know, there's definitely a, definitely something to say for that. But um, I mean, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it, but it, you're right. It makes it much easier when, you know, the pressure's off. Mm -hmm. I remember like, it seems like it's all right. Actually. No, you're good. Go. Uh, well, I was, I was going to say, it seems like you've done a pretty good job of figuring out how to work under pressure by almost like not having any pressure. Cause like something I've, I've heard you say a lot on the podcast and just, I've heard you say this, like even just like 
while we're just out and about is like, you know, just why not? Like, you know, yeah. and that is like, that's only, I feel like that's a catchphrase for you or something right now. It's just like, like, there's nothing that bad. There's nothing extremely bad that'll happen for me taking this risk. And like, I think a lot of people like they, they haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Like in their brain, I'm still figuring that out. Uh, Cause it's like, I mean, this, like whenever I'm running, I'm like, this hurts. Like, I don't know if I want to keep going And in your brain. You figured out why not? Like, why mm-hmm. just keep pushing? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you know, we, you haven't, we haven't hit those boundaries yet of like, you know, like what will happen if we uh, push the limits, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Like, so I think you've done a really good job figuring, figuring that out. Like that, that's just an observation I've made. Uh, so <laughs> Thank I don't, you. I don't Thank have you. a question about that, but um, you're all good. I mean, I, I do uh, want to talk or if you have a question about the injury. No. So, okay. So I do want to talk about the, uh, you as a student athlete, because we actually, we've interviewed lots of uh, collegiate athletes, but we've never talked about like the other side of it, of like being a student athlete. Yeah. And I know like, you know, grades are something that um, you take seriously, something mm-hmm. we all take seriously and we all want to learn how to balance. Um, and so how have you found that balance? Yeah. And I'll, I'll say it's, it has been tough because like at the end of the day, for me, as long as I graduate, I still get my degree and I still go on to be a teacher. Right. (laughs) So pressure, like pressure is off with that, but like, I, I, I want to do, I want to be good at at what I do. And I know, I know you have to work hard for that. And sometimes that does come at a cost. And I know, I know it's probably in, an over overtaught thing but like being a student athlete is a balance um and i i like to elaborate more on that and uh one one thing that my my girlfriend when she was going toward pt schools um she asked one of the one of the guides there that's actually in pt school at the moment uh she asked him like what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody looking to go into pt school and and I'll, I will never forget this. And he said, he said, make sure that you have your non-negotiables, right? Like, like, let it be two, two or three things that no matter what, you will not let your, your school or your studies get in the way of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm a very big priorities guy. I have my, I have my priorities listed out from like <laughs> one to 15, like in a journal somewhere in my room. Don't ask me where, but, um, yeah. And, and like that, I really spoke to me because I was like, I was like, okay, like this chunk of things are my non-negotiables. Um, so therefore when school comes up and I have the choice between, between school and these things, like I pretty much look at the list and it's like, oh, oh, these, these things are on the list. Sorry. I'm not studying right now. But then there's then there's also moments where it's like where it's like, okay, like like this is not one of the non-negotiables. So you cannot negotiate yourself to get out of studying. Huh. That is actually really cool. I don't know, like that it took me a second to realize what like all that meant, but like that is that's actually really interesting to think about. Like there's a just a, a it's almost like a tier chart. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if this doesn't hit this certain tier, then I have to do it or something like that. Or like, oh, I don't know. That is, that's actually really cool. Yeah. That, yeah. That PT guy got into PT school somehow, I guess. Yeah. Actually, uh, right over there, uh, I have two notepads and on both of those, the top of them say, 
uh, priority top priorities on it. So uh, <laughs> like, it's not the same format as yours. Oh, um, it's, it's not the same. Um, it's not in the same format as yours. But yeah, I just like I try to do it once or every day. But um, yeah, just write out my priorities and like mm-hmm. what do I have to do today? And like and I'll write down like one to however many I have written on there. Like one is the most important. Like go down that list. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I think that's a great way to figure out like your priorities whenever it comes to studying and honestly just doing everything uh, on a college campus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's hard. Like I remember like, or not I remember, but coming here from high school, like in you know, high school, like, especially senior year, we like, just <laughs> gave up senior year. Uh, it was just like, I'm done. Like uh, I'm free. Um, But then this year, like I just found myself so often just saying, I'm going to the commons. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, that's uh, so like, you know, good place for me to study. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go do school. And it's like, you know, we don't. And like, I, I'll never forget it. Once Someone said this to me on a recruiting visit once. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'll ever forget it. Like, I was like, I asked him, I said, um, it was like a Florida school. So I was like, you guys are in Florida. Like, you guys go to the beach a lot. Like, you guys like, you know, you guys have fun, like go out or like, have fun a lot. And he goes, dude, like no <laughs> uh, he, he goes um i was like what do you mean he's like dude I, you're gonna realize this like collegiate running is hard like mm-hmm. he's like you know we're not um if we're awake during the day we're tired and if we're not tired we're doing school or like we're asleep yeah. he's like this is not he was like this is not a sexy lifestyle like, <laughs> it's not and I was like, it just kind of stuck with me. And I was like, kind of like, didn't think of anything at first. But then like, when I got here and like, you know, I had like tests and stuff and I was actually just having to, I was actually having to learn how to study and mm-hmm. like find out what works for me and stuff like that. And then like, people are like, do you guys want to do something on the weekend? And like the first time in my life, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, no, I don't. Uh, I just, I just ran 12 miles and I have, mm-hmm. I have a test tomorrow. So like yeah dude it's you know for anyone listening um take that advice and, yes uh, yes and do not remember it do not hit the freshman curb yeah it is uh it hits hard yes, it and does. it hits back yes. um <laughs> i am currently on the sophomore curb and it's also kicking my butt <laughs> uh, you guys have seen this week for me <laughs> it's been something very special <laughs> charlie you're reading a book <laughs> what's going on <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part i saw hey this book is due, this book was due on friday and as of monday i hadn't started it so like i just talked all about my priorities in the commons and uh <laughs> sometimes we uh sometimes we slip up a little bit and... yeah mistakes are are made sometimes yeah and that, yeah i guess that's another thing like how how have you dealt with the mistakes of being a student athlete like um also what what is your major my major is biology education, so that is a high school biology teacher. Okay, yeah. Um, I just I, like I want I I couldn't remember. I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, it's I good. Wanted, uh, everyone else to hear that, just in case there's like a similar type of. Yeah the the issue the issue comes whenever whenever you know you have your non negotiables, um, and it just so happens that your non negotiables seem to clash with studying a lot um and then what ends up happening is whenever you're in a class with a bunch of uh pre-med majors and 
the teachers like actively trying to weed the pre-med majors out, you might get chopped up a little bit in that process too. <laughs> so, so yeah. And then you have to end up dropping a class and then you realize, Oh, I'm, I only have one in-person class and like two online classes. I'm taking the minimum amount of hours. I have nothing to do with my day. <laughs> what do I do? And, and then it's, then it's like, okay, like I thought I wanted this. I thought I wanted way more free time, but this sucks. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Really? Yeah. That's almost the opposite for me right now. Cause I I'm taking 13 hours, like you know, one hour above like the minimum. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, granted they all are in person, but like, even when I like don't have a class, I'm like, I mean, I'm just kind of like, like, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to, yeah. like, and like, I feel like I know what I want to do with my time, but, uh, and it's not the most productive, but like, it's, you know, half of it's sleeping, but, yeah. Know, like, um, but yeah, like, I mean, so you, you just like, you've literally just gotten to the point where you're just like, okay, I, I have all my like schoolwork. Like, I know what I need to do. And like, you're just like, I don't, you have the rest of the day to just do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes it ends up like that. Sometimes it ends up oh, crap, school took me all day. And then sometimes it ends up, oh, crap, there wasn't enough time in the day for it. But I mean, I mean, in your in your case, though, it's like, you don't do you do not just sit there for anybody who doesn't know. Baxter does a lot of odd jobs and hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but like, but like, you were you were really good at like keeping yourself busy. I am not. So therefore, like I like I have to start focusing on school. I mean, heck, Illuminate ha the reason Illuminate got started was because I had too much time on my hands last semester and I talked with you and you were like, Yeah, like you could legitimately do this. And I was like, Let's do it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so like once I made something to make keep myself busy, then I was happy. Like I firmly believe that people need purpose. Oh yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm just not one that can come up with that purpose or come up with things to keep myself busy like that. Like you are like, I do not have that gift. Like, well, what, what do you mean? Like you, do you feel like you found your purpose? Oh, I would, I would say so. Like, like, yeah, this, this past year, like the, these past three years have been very transformative and I went from, oh, I just want to make money so I can be happy to no, I actually think I want to see some kids smile and see some kids who are miserable in other people's classes and to actually have them come into my classroom and be like, oh yeah, school isn't that bad. School doesn't just suck. This isn't a, this isn't just a math teacher yelling at me three plus three times three is this because that's just the way it is. And you suck if you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that oh yeah, that's cool. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, no, my history teacher saved me today. So be like, be like uh, Dr. Connolly. Yeah. You saved my life today. <laughs> Push back the due date of that essay. <laughs> <laughs> on the book that you're reading. Mm -hmm. Yep, on the book that I'm reading. But I mean, yeah, I like, I mean, we didn't talk about it earlier as much, but like when you gave your reason for coaching, like I really like that. Like I haven't, like, because we've talked to, well, I've asked people why they coach before and like, I haven't heard like that per se. I've heard people say like I just love the sport and I'm sure that's your reason but that wasn't your go-to answer. It was like I want to keep I want to like just see some kids smile and um like you know enjoy it and so that be that being your same reason for teaching like I'm a huge believer in like you got to do something that like makes you happy after mm -hmm. college which is why I'm like <clears throat> you know which is why I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't know I don't know how early on I'm going to be making money. Um yeah. 
but like it's it's what I want to do, and like if you got a supportive family behind you, then uh, and supportive friends, it makes it much much easier. But mm-hmm. you know, I've never been one of those guys that's like you see the TikTok people that are just like you want to make money fast, do this, and it's working like you know eighteen hours a day. That, and like, that is me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I see those things, and I'm like, I'm listening. <laughs> uh, and they don't work. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I definitely see what y'all are saying, and like, don't get me wrong. What I'm going to school for right now, like, I I enjoy it. I, I don't enjoy the classes, but I enjoy like uh learning about what i want to do the rest of my life which is like right now private equity real estate which uh does not sound too interesting uh but i promise you it is it is actually like i find it enjoyable uh and i yeah. i find it enjoyable to learn it. and that's just that's ev- what everyone needs to find in their life is uh what makes them happy and mm-hmm. then i do have to say there has been one teacher uh it's like also like being a teacher you give you have a lot of influence over oh, over yes. your students and like this teacher um uh, actually uh, i won't go into detail uh but, like, <laughs> say what you mean uh, she was actually a very nice teacher but she just could not control the classroom at all uh, uh it was senior year and like we just did literally whatever we wanted okay whose um, fault was that the teacher or you oh it was definitely our fault uh it was not <laughs> just mine but like it was definitely our fault but like i mean i mean she's also the teacher she's supposed to control the classroom yeah i know what you mean anyways um she was a marine bio she went into marine biology and that wow. honestly has been my dream uh major that has been my if like i could choose to do anything for the rest of my life that's what i would do but the odds of you going to school to like go for one you have to go into a really good school for mm-hmm. marine biology because like you can go like here they have biology here and you can go and major in marine biology but like that doesn't look good like just because there's such a, a niche field for marine biology yeah like you have to go to a really good school you've got to do really well on your your grades and like all, all of your classes and then like the odds of you finding an actual really fun job marine, doing marine biology, which would, you know, be like working on a cruise or not cruise, working on a sailboat and like, you know, going uh, scuba diving and all that is so slim. And even with that, you barely make any money, which money not coming into factor. Like if I got to scuba dive every day for my job, like that would be amazing. But like yeah. the odds of those things happening are so slim. And she told me this and she was like, Baxter, it would just be so much better because she's like, you can get a scuba diving license. Yeah. You could do that whenever you wanted. She, she's like, do do make a hobby a hobby um, and then make your job your job. You can still love your job. Don't do something like that is such a niche that you could do with like you could do it without getting paid mm-hmm. and like you could still love it. And like I know I'm saying a lot right now. And it's just like there's there's certain points like all the, all of our jobs right now that we have chosen mm-hmm. i think have do a good job of like you know like you can make a good amount of money it it is something that there's it's a broad uh subject so a lot of people can do it mm-hmm. um it's easier for us to get jobs but it's just like when you get into that sort of niche field like don't give up on your dreams because like i also had God, i'm going on a really long rant right now i'm sorry um we might actually just cut this out but i just want to talk about it um go for it but yeah it's like whenever it just gets to that point where it's like do you want to do something that you love for the rest of your life but then risking the fact that you just might become like um 
like a, a high school substitute teacher that mm-hmm. like d- can't control a classroom. It's like, because mm-hmm. I know for a fact that is not what she intended to do for the rest of her life. Like she wanted yeah. to go scuba diving and like do what I wanted to do. And it's like, and I saw that and I was just like, I, I love scuba diving. I love snorkeling. I don't want to risk being a substitute teacher at a high school that like can't control a classroom and mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't enjoy her job. And I was just like, I can't, I can't see myself doing that. And like, I, I had to let that go. I still go snorkeling whenever I can uh, <laughs> because I love seeing fish and I love the water, but um, yeah, definitely talking about jobs. Yeah. Choose a job that makes you happy, but that you, you know that you can do. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard thing to realize because, you know, do what you love, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I had to ask myself if I like, okay can i can i just make this a hobby can i make this little side gig and stuff like that like i like my second option is probably still pt school if i'm like okay i i'm not cut out for this like my second option is still pt school but like kind of like you said like i I weighed the pros and cons of it and i'm like i really like i really do think that this is a safe option for me this this is an appropriate option for me yeah yeah and it's just about finding priorities and uh like you know it seems like you've done that and like it seems like we've all done that so yeah. so yeah but i mean i think we're getting to that time um but i mean i want to ask ask i want to i want to ask um one more question before, <laughs> before we head out yeah um you talked about how you were one time in a deep hole with your confidence and like how you kind of like dig yourself out of that for anyone who's feeling unconfident in their running or just like, you know, whatever every area they're feeling unconfident in right now, you know, you know, what's some advice you'd give to like get them out of it? Yeah. Um, pretty much, pretty much it is, it is defining what success actually looks like for you. And, and like some, some people may, may hate when I say this, but like for a while I had, like, I had to almost, almost low ball what, what success was like I had to just shoot for like like I I would still consider it good if this happened but I don't think this is 100% like for a while like I I had to be I had to be satisfied with just getting like maybe 80% of I guess what I would have considered a success because to me like oh it's either it's all or nothing like success is binary it's either one or zero it is or it isn't but then I had I had to realize like no like no like a like a C on on a on a quiz or a race if you had to grade it is is successful sometimes and and it's like I got enough I got enough small wins that way that I realized like okay like I'm not a I'm not a crappy runner yeah no yeah it's the baby steps that like like it's one step at a time and then next thing you know you're at the top of the stairs staircase it, it it really is absolute cliche but i love yeah. it yeah I, top of the escalator top, uh, <laughs> no i uh there we go no i like literally for a while it's like right now i feel like i can like keep like i can be taking large if we're going off the staircase analogy like i can keep taking like two or three steps at a time right now but there there was a point in time where i was like no one is fine i can maybe do two or three but one is fine for now mm-hmm yeah well that's great yeah i love that yeah that's a great answer but um you know that's probably all the time we have for today but 
want to say thank you to Braden for joining us, man. I had a really good time with this conversation. We hope you did too. Yeah, absolutely. It was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Run Happy Podcast, and we will see everyone next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.